Well, to say that we live in confusing and difficult times is certainly an understatement. I, uh, I got my proponents of the, uh, the issues that were to vote upon coming up in a couple of days now. And I got to tell you, I was looking at the pros and the cons, and I, I was convinced that the pros were absolutely right until I saw the arguments for the cons. And then I was convinced they were right, and so I had to go back and reread them again and again. And certainly that's only a small part of what we're facing. I saw the, the caravan, as I'm sure all of you did, and uh, struggling with uh, the, the terrible humanitarian crisis that uh, those individuals from Guatemala and, and Honduras face in their, in their countries. And I had to think seriously about the things that are coming at us and the decisions uh, that we have to make, we're called to make in the elections coming up. And I thought, who do we listen to? Uh, do we listen to the Democrats uh, and their perspective? And they're certainly opposed to the Republicans, and the Republicans are opposed to uh, the Democrats. And the end result seems to be violence and hatred. How do we deal with where truth is? And on top of that comes uh, the bomb threats for the Democratic leaders, and then the shootings yesterday in the synagogue in Pittsburgh. I think as a, a nation, we need a, a moral GPS system. You know that, that system on your uh, in car that when you make a mistake in the direction you're going, they say recalculating. We need to, to recalculate with a moral sense of direction uh, where God is calling us to go as a people. And this is nothing new. Uh, you know, going back to Martin Luther, uh, things were going wrong then too. And the, the challenge was how do we how do we have faith in the future when things seem so broken, seems so undone? There's uh, that same Martin Luther who, who said something quite simply. He said, you know, he who sings prays twice. So I was, I was thinking about the wonderful hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, and the word uh, that, that comes to us about faith in the time of change. And though this world with devils filled, should threaten to undo us, I will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. He was talking about the church. He was talking about the body of Christ. And he has this wonderful sense of God's power uh, in a mighty kingdom that is yet to come. So I was, as I was talking to Tracy, uh, I, I think the spirit moves in, in similar ways. And she said she preached at the first service. I wasn't going to talk about this, obviously. But she had an opportunity to preach at the first service about faith. I said, how strange. That's the very essence of what I want to talk about today. Uh, how we need to reclaim faith. Faith in God's love for us. I, I think when things are challenging, we, we tend to, to lose faith. Because we're not sure who is in control of the truth. We need to reclaim Faith in God's love for us. You know, there are, there are moments when we think about how God speaks to us. Uh, and they're frequently referred to as mountaintop experiences. And certainly if we look at the scriptures from Mount Horeb to Mount Sinai uh, to even uh, the Mount Sermon on the Mount from which Jesus is speaking today, it's at the top of the mountain where God seems to speak most clearly uh, to us in the scriptures. I was uh, 
I don't know if many of you ever been to Child's Meadows over near Mount Lassen, but I remember one uh, camping experience with a church group. It was my, one of my first experiences of being close to a mountaintop without any kind of natural uh, flashlight, any kind of battery-operated light. And we were gone out there at nighttime, nighttime hike. Uh, and I, I don't know if any of you have recollection of those times where you've been at the top of a mountain where there's no, no artificial light surrounding you, uh, except the starlight that, that comes through the dark uh, sky. I, I still remember that moment where, you know, I, one of my first experiences being in a place there's no artificial light at all and seeing the starlight penetrate the darkness and the stars were so close you could almost reach out and touch them. Have you had any experience like that that you recall? Yeah, pretty powerful when that strikes you for the first time. And you can understand the psalmist of the 8th Psalm as he out, he's out looking over the night sky of the over the city of Jerusalem and he sees the stars and he sees the wonderful light that comes and he has this reflection about how great God is and how small we are and he comes to this reflection then it resonates with the song that we just sang how great thou art he thinks about the relationship between a God who loves the creature God who loves the human being what is it that God has in mind for him? What is it, this thought that you should spare a thought for him, and yet, and yet he's little lower uh, than the angels? You, you put all of creation under his feet, all the, the food of the creation, all the, the fish of the sea, all the animals of the creation. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or what is the human being that you should spare a thought for him? And then there's this inner resonance. That is the, the thing that we believe, though it doesn't necessarily come in words, it comes in songs that we affirm. Oh Lord my God, how great thou art. When we realize God's love of us and have faith in that love to triumph over all things. I was uh, mindful that we're still called to be salt and light, and to believe in the truth that triumphs over evil. We're still called to be salt and light and to believe in the truth that triumphs over evil, to believe in God's love for us and have faith in that love for us. Martin, uh, excuse me, uh, Martin, yeah, Martin Buber, I don't know if you've heard the name of that Jewish theologian who, who wrote such wonderful books about theology. He talks about relationship to God and relationship to human beings. And he said, we need to move from I, it, to I, thou. I'm sure some of you have heard of that. Instead of treating others as obstacles to be overcome or having those uh, relationships with objects, we're called to treat people as human beings, as having a special uh, sacredness about their being. There's a, a commercial, some of you might have seen it, it's Geico. And there's a man on a hammock, and he is um, obviously enjoying himself, and there are other people taking care of his backyard. Have some of you seen this commercial? And he uh, says it's interesting to have power over other people through hypnotism. And at, at some moment, uh, he shows us what that means. There's a guy in front of him, and he said, sleep 
And when you wake up, you're going to want to clean my gutters. Have you seen that one? And, and he talks about the power that he has over suggestion to make this guy want to do the very thing he wants him to do. I, it. And the guy wakes up, and of course, he wants to please whatever it was that came to him. Oh, I think I should clean your gutters. I, it. The guy who's in the hammock has it made. He treats a person as though he's an object of his particular need. Martin Luther Buber says, we need to move from I, it to I, thou. A relationship with other human beings that God calls us to see as sacred beings themselves. It's easy and funny in that particular commercial uh, to find truth in power. It's far less easy to see the power of truth. I was thinking about what, what does God intend for you and for me? What does God intend for us? What is man that thou art mindful of him? What does the Lord intend for us? Intention. But to do justly, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. Trust and obey. Now the song is, it just fits in this time of uncertainty when we don't know what the future holds. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy with Jesus than to trust and obey. I was uh, mindful of a, a book that came out in the 70s. Just little things, and often God winks at us. There are certain moments in time where our thinking is interrupted by a little thing that makes all the difference. Whether you're on a mountaintop and for the first time see the light coming through the, the darkness or just a common everyday experience. And it was a time of koinonia groups, fellowship groups, and we're called to pray for one another. And what is it that God calls us to be and do? And a guy by the name of Keith Miller, uh, some of you might remember that name from the 70s, said something about relationships with God. His life was successful. He was doing well. Uh, and... Uh, he, he wondered if there was something more. There was something missing. And in the fellowship group, koinonia groups, uh, that question disturbed him. And he started to think about applying his faith in relationship with other people. And he, he talked about going to get gasoline every day or whenever he needed it. And how he would go into the place and pay for his gas and then he'd be on his way. But after that discussion in his koinonia group, uh, he started thinking about how he treats other people. And he went back after he paid his bill and he, he tried it out. He said, uh, do you have a family? Just a little thing. Instead of just paying his bill and going out, he started to talk to another person and think about her life. And pretty soon, she immediately responded about her family and about how things were different. And he said, everything changed after that. How do, how do we treat people? Do we take time to ask about their life? What does God intend for us as his people in this creation? Music uh, speaks, it resonates the truth. I don't know about you. I, we have uh, CDs at breakfast time. I turn on a CD and, uh, or two. And usually it's contemporary music of one sort. Where do you go when you need some loving? Where do you go when you need a friend? Where do you go when you need an answer? Back on our knees 
again. You've heard that song, I'm sure. Where do we go when we need an answer? Where do we go when we need a friend? Back on our knees again. God intends for us that we should stay in relationship with him and his love and with others as well. Trusting then in what God intends for us moves us to trusting in God's purposes. I was listening to television and they had one of the, the finer theologians on that I've heard in a while. Some of you might have heard of him, Mike Rowe. Anybody hear of him? He's the guy that had the movie uh, or television program called Dirty Jobs. Some of you might have seen that. And I was amazed. I've watched that show. And he was talking about uh, the amazement that he has for all the, the dirty jobs that people do for, for you and for me. And he actually went in and did them, if you saw that particular uh, TV show. And he did all sorts of interesting and very dirty, uh, very dirty work. And he started to think about what people do for us every day, from the medical staff and serious operations to the people that fill our grocery bags every day to uh, the people that take our garbage away and, and those who keep the, the lights on um, when things are very dark. And addressing the hatred that seems to be uh, so rampant in our society today. If you don't agree with me, I'm going to return uh, my reflection of hatred towards your views and by extension of you yourself. Hatred seems to be our response. It was interesting to hear Mike Rowe's interpretation. You know, the vast majority of people in this world are wonderful, kind, and loving people. And we can't let a small majority of angry, hate-filled people overwhelm us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I saw an interesting placard on a church bulletin one time. It said, don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. <laughs> don't, be, don't be anxious about tomorrow and all the things that overwhelm us. The vastness of God's love is so overwhelming that we see so little of what God intends for his creation. If you look around us and the number of people who do wonderful, loving, kind things every single day for us, uh, that the light of God's love will make itself known, and we won't worry so much. Soren Kierkegaard is one uh, who is uh, believed to have created the story of the king of Denmark and a Nazi-occupied uh, Denmark. When the edict had gone out for... Uh, Jews to wear the Star of David sewn on their, uh, their garments. And the king, according to this story, decided he himself would wear a Star of David. And he went out and he walked on the streets of Copenhagen uh, with the Star of David on his garments. God had a purpose in sending Jesus to us to guide our steps and to identify with the least and the last and the lost. God got personal in Jesus. Where do we go when we need some loving? God sent his son to us to guide our steps and remind us that nothing, nothing can ever separate us from God's love for us. That's the faith that binds you and me together. Where do we go? We get on our knees again in prayer. 
I thou not I it. Just understand the relationship of God's love for you and me. And going forward, though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we shall not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. So he leads us still, and we choose to follow as those who understand God got personal for us, and we have faith that his love will bring us through to tomorrow. Let's pray together. Loving God, we live in a world filled with different kinds of devils, evils, if you will, people threatening us, guns that go off and kill people, the threat of war, the threat of a group of people breaking barriers, people longing to be free. We pray that you would give us a heart of wisdom, that we might hear the songs of faith that bind us together with you and choose to follow your leading. He leadeth me, O blessed thought. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen.